0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm so excited that you've tuned in today. I hope that you're surviving the pandemic, COVID-19, coronavirus. If you're anywhere in the news, you're seeing about it, you're reading about it, and you might be sitting inside your house right now, not able to leave because you're afraid what might happen if you leave the house. Maybe you've been instructed to stay home. And uh, guys, it's a crazy time, and it's it it's a crazy time to be alive. It's unprecedented what's happening in our country, and I think it's imperative that we're praying for our leadership, praying for our churches. And uh, I'd love to hear about what your church is doing. This is the first time in my life. I'm 29 years old, just turned 29, just celebrated my birthday. Thank you guys for all the birthday love and for all your support uh, over this last year. You guys have just been incredible. But I'd love to hear about what your church is doing. My church, uh, for the first time in my life, has uh, canceled services. We've been doing online streaming services, and uh, it's been crazy. But I'll tell you what, this is all going to be based on our perspective and how we look at it because we can be afraid and scared and discouraged or we can look at this situation look at this sickness look at this crazy time and say what a unique time to be the church and tear the walls down there were no walls uh, at in the early church there were no buildings We're blessed to have buildings now but they didn't have uh, buildings like this back in the early church and what a great time to get back to the basics, teach Bible studies, reach out to people and show hope and mercy and love to a world that's scared. And guys, I believe I was talking to my friend Joe Salamita last week. I believe that this is going to spark a great revival in our cities and somehow, some way God is going to use this for his glory. So guys, thank you for tuning in. Today is a very special episode, and uh, I wanted to share it with you. Um, One thing that I did for my youth group, uh, because our midweek was canceled, we would have what's called our AIM Youth Breakout Sessions. And so uh, we decided to do a Zoom online Bible study, and we invited students to hop online online. And We just had a chill, laid-back Bible study, and I was able to teach, and my friend, my dear friend, shout-out Frankie Taylor, was able to join us and be a guest speaker on this call. It was so much fun. We had a great time. I left the online meeting encouraged, and I felt like everybody involved was encouraged. I encourage you to to, be—we'll take the initiative. Do something like this yourself. If you work in ministry— uh, take time to do these online Bible studies through this unique time and let God bless you. I wanted to share it with you, so today's episode is going to be a little unique. Um, I wanted to share this Bible study. My friend Frankie Taylor had some great things to say, and I thought it would bless you on the podcast for those that missed it. Guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the Bible study. Stay safe and wash your hands. Let's go. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, tonight's going to be really fun. We're going to take the next uh, thirty to forty minutes and just take a time of uh, online Bible study. Uh, it's going to be focused in on students, and I appreciate you guys for hopping on the call. Uh, I'm also very excited to have my dear friend Frankie Taylor on the call. He's going to be tag teaming with me, and he's our guest speaker. Um, Frankie, can you can you hear everybody? Are you are you connected okay? Yes, sir, I am. Okay, so I hear your audio, and you're you're good to go. Okay. Yes. All right, guys, so so honored to have Frankie. I want to get us started, uh, but before I get started, let's just have a quick word of prayer together that God would help us. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for each student, for any adult that's signed on to this live stream. I pray that it would be a blessing. I pray that you would help us to connect uh, together, help us to dive into your word. We worship you. We love you. We'll give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus name. All right. So I was going to pull up. Give me one second. I'm an old man, so I'm still trying to figure out how to use all this stuff. Can everybody see my screen right now? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to get started with this. I'm going to speak for just a few minutes before Frankie hops on the call, and uh, I wanted to talk about three ways that you can increase your faith uh, through this crazy time. Because this is a really crazy time, and we're having to deal with with a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, and we need to have faith through this trial, through this time, because I believe that God... Is going to help us. So I want to, give me one second, I'm having some technical glitches here. Okay, here we go. Here's our scripture. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And so here's the three points that I want us to focus on just for this next five to 10 minutes. And if if you're taking notes and I want to encourage you, if you're at home, if you're like me, it can be kind of hard to focus at home and that's okay. Maybe you're sitting on your couch or your, your desk or you're in your living room chair. And uh, so if you have a pad and you want to take some notes, uh, that might bless you and help you to pay attention Uh, And I hope you guys like my super retro old school slides that I've prepared for you guys here. But I want to focus on read the word, heed the word, and feed the word. These are going to be three ways that God is going to help us build our faith and increase our faith during these last days. So I wanted to start by sharing a story about a young man who had a dream of building an amusement park and in an attempt to fulfill his lifelong dream, almost every voice in his life told him that his dreams would never come to pass. He went to bank after bank and he asked them, would you please give me a loan? And he went to over 60 banks. They all turned him down. And he was then fired by his newspaper job because they told him, and I quote, you lack imagination and you have no good ideas. But Walt Disney kept moving forward because he had a dream and he wasn't going to stop until his dreams came into fruition. So my question is this tonight, if one man can keep believing and have faith that his dreams can come true and Disneyland can become a reality. How much more stubborn should we be as Christians during these days to pray for our families that we would dream for our students that they can be whatever God's called them to be? How much more should we believe that we can overcome and have our loved ones get the Holy Ghost and friends and co workers? And our eyes tell us to quit. But faith says, keep going. Keep moving. Keep trying. No matter what the world says, keep going. And guys, everything that's happening right now with this virus and fear, and, and we're taking precautions and we're trying to be respectful of what the government's doing and our leadership is doing because we're trying to keep everybody safe. And that's all good. We should do that. But what we should not do Is live our lives in fear and start believing this idea that somehow God has lost control or somehow God doesn't know what he's doing and and we just can't figure out what he's doing. Guys, God is not scared right now. God is not worried right now. He hasn't lost control. He's still in control. And my friend Frankie Taylor literally wrote the song about it God is in control and he he's never lost a battle he's he's never lost the war. he's always fighting for us. One thing I know for sure he's in control and so first John five and four says, "For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith so let's see i've got I've got one more scripture that I'm going to try to pull up for you. Lord, help me. Help me with this technology. Here we go. Okay. So, this scripture says, even so faith, if it has not works, it is dead. Yea, a man say, thou hast faith and have works, Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. If you write a scripture down tonight, I want you to write that scripture down, because that's going to be very important moving forward. Faith and works. So everybody's been to Waffle House if you live in Georgia. If you're not from Georgia, maybe you haven't been to Waffle House. But when you go to Waffle House... You can always count on a couple things. There's always going to be Tabasco sauce, right? They're, they're always going to have hash browns, and you can get them covered, and it's going to be amazing, and God's going to bless your life. And they even have a new a new sandwich that is like blowing my mind, the Philly cheesesteak, Texas milk. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You've been there. You feel the Holy Ghost right now just like I did, right? But there's two things you can always count on at every table, salt and pepper. Salt and pepper, they're always there. And it doesn't matter where you go, that restaurant is going to have that. See, faith works a lot like salt and pepper shakers. So you never go to a restaurant and just see salt. You never go and just see pepper. They're always together. And you see them together on the table. See, true faith will always have works sitting next to it. They always go together. Faith without works is dead. You can't have one without the other. Faith will always lead to movement. It was faith that led Gideon into an army of thousands, which I want to remind you for everybody that's panicking and saying, oh, my my large church can't have its gathering and only smaller numbers are gathering. I don't see how we're going to make it. Well, it was God that looked at Gideon and said, you're 10,000 men. I want you to just take 300 men into battle with you. So don't doubt for a moment that there is power in these small groups and in these online meetings. God is preparing an army to fight for us, and he's persuading us to do so. Faith is what persuaded David to pick up a slingshot and run into a field with a giant. So really quickly, because I want to pass this over to Frankie, the first thing you need to do to increase your faith, you need to read the word. You need to read your Bible every day, Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If no one had ever told me about Jesus and about God's plan for my life, and if I had never read about it for myself, I would be clueless about faith. I would be clueless about what God needs to do in my life. But because there were people that invested in the word and invested into me, I can experience this thing called faith. Secondly, you not only need to read the word, but you need to heed the word. Hear me right now, James 1 and 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Heed means, it's a verb that means to give careful attention. Once you read the word, that's when you hear it, but you also have to be a doer of the word you have to take that word and apply it to your life if if you want your faith to increase in this season you need to make sure listen you're not being like Jesus when you go to Walmart and fight somebody over a roll of toilet paper that is not that is not <laughs> hear me that is not heeding the word you may have you may be reading the word but you ain't heeding it if you're fighting at Walmart and then claiming to be a Christian. We have to apply it to our lives, especially in times of panic. The world looks to the church, and this is a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity for us um, to be able to reach out and for the world to see that the church cares, and the church is going to be resourceful, and the church is going to care about people's safety. It's important for the world to see that. But last and not least is you need to you need to stand on the word, but I used the word, you need to feed the word. That means that that once you've read it and you're living by it, you need to stand on that word. I have one more scripture here. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely and are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things guys we need to feed we need to feed hope right don't 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 sit around all night and say oh i don't know how god's going to do this i don't understand how this is going to happen i i you know listen here's what you need to do get your bible live by that bible Listen, there's good devotionals. Here's one I'm gonna recommend right now. Devote 365. This is the this is an even better book right here. This one trumps them all right here. So so if you can get your mind in that and and feed those positive things, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, you need to feed that in your life. I'm gonna close with this. There was a young grandson who looked at his grandpa and his grandfather said, There's two wolves. One is fighting for evil and one is fighting for good. The evil one fights for bitterness and, and lust and hatred and, and competitiveness and jealousy. But the good wolf fights for love and hope and courage and purity and, and righteousness. And the young boy looks at his granddad and said, but, but grandpa, which one wins that battle? And the grandpa looked at him and said, the one that, the wolf that you feed is the one that will win. If you feed anxiety and depression, then that's what will win. But if you'll feed the word of God into your life and say, you know, Jesus said, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. You know, we have to intake that. What are you feeding on? What are you eating on? Because his word is alive. And we need to make sure that we're not pumping fear and anxiety and depression into our hearts, But we're focused on God, on the church, on reaching people. And if we can get our mind on the why, you know, why do we do this? Why do we have church? Then God will help us to fulfill that mission. So, guys, I'm very excited to have Frankie Taylor with us. Um, If you look down at the bottom of your screen, there is a chat screen. And uh, I'm going to type here, hello. Yeah, I just sent everybody a message. You guys feel more than free uh, to type in those comments. If you have any questions or something that you want us to hit on, type in those comments. I'm going to pass this over to my dear friend, uh, one of my best friends in the world, Frankie Taylor. We've become such dear friends over the last year, and he was so kind and gracious to uh, be willing to talk to us tonight. So. From your house, would you give Frankie Taylor a hand? We're so excited to have him here. And I'm going to pass the floor over to him right now.
1: Well, hey, everybody. Good evening. Um, It is 425 here in Southern California, and I'm pretty sure it is getting dark out there in Georgia. So first I wanted to say thank you to everyone that's on tonight. Thank you to my friend Nathan. And uh, I know Rachel's probably somewhere on here, but – absolutely love this couple. These are uh, amazing Christians, Um, more than just great people. They're amazing Christians. They're good people. We love them, my wife and I my family. Um, And I'm just super excited to be a part of tonight's Bible study. Uh, And uh, God bless you, T. Um, So tonight, I I just want to kind of add to what Brother Nathan shared with us tonight. And uh, I'm going to start with 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 4 through 8, and then we'll skip down to 10. And I'll try to read through this quickly so that we can um, so that we can get through this. I really feel like um, I've got something to share from my heart. Um, and uh, from the heart of God today, I really believe that God has something for us today. So real quickly, let's read that. Um, chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, uh, verses 4 through 8. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass on his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of the spear was like a weaver's beam, and the spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, and ye servants of to uh, to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. Verse ten. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Uh, I I just want to talk to you all just for a few minutes about having confidence in God. And, um, I was joking with brother Nathan today about a word that I discovered just recently and I looked it up and, and, uh, looked it up online, discovered that it's, uh, an actual word in the urban dictionary and it is the word Godfidence. And, uh, it's interesting, uh, that this is an actual, I'm going to give you guys the definition for it, but it actually has a definition for it. And, um. Uh, tonight, we are talking about uh, God, confidence in God. And so this right here is really interesting because I didn't know that this word even existed. I just I, I like kind of heard it, and I was like, okay, let's see if it's real. So I looked it up, and actually, it actually has a definition. Confidence is the mindset necessary to step into your destiny. Actually, that's not it. That's uh, a book. Hold on one second. Uh, here we go. <laughs> let's look it up here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, goodness. And I, I had the definition a moment ago. Amen. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, here we go. So basically, God, confidence, when I looked it up earlier, I'm going to summarize it for you. Uh, uh, their, their term, or excuse me, their definition for confidence was basically having confidence in God. Knowing that God was more than capable of doing what He promised, and doing what He said that He would do, and doing what is in Your Word. If God said something, you you should believe it. If it's in the Word of God, it is. You can be confident that God will fulfill what He promised. And so tonight, I, I want to kind of look at uh, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, which is David, um, and one of the most famous stories in the Bible, uh, which is David and Goliath. This this story has been told over and over and over again, been preached over and over again. If you've been in church for a day or a hundred years, you've heard this story, right? And so I want to talk to you about what's going on in chapter 17 of First uh, First Samuel. So at this point, up to this point, um, the children of Israel, they were ruled by a king named Saul. He was the first king of Israel. And uh, Saul was... Basically, at this point, rejected of God, he had made some decisions that made uh, that basically put him in a place where he was just his uh, his kingdom was ripped from him, uh, and God was looking for another king for Israel, and so God dispatches uh, Samuel the prophet to the house of Jesse. He tells Jesse in so many words, "Hey, I, I have a king there." you're going to anoint one of his sons to be king. I'm not going to tell you which one, but you're going to go to his house and you're going to anoint one of the sons to be king. And so he actually even said, uh, he said this, he said, look, I, I, I've i chosen a man after my own heart. And so, you know, when Samuel gets to the house of Jesse, he is having to disguise uh, his his visit as a, a, as, you know, worship. He, he didn't want, the king to find out that he was there, right? So he's he's telling everyone, I've come here to worship. I'm going to the house of Jesse to worship, and and so uh Jesse finds out after after Samuel explains to him that he, one of his sons are going to be anointed. So he brings all of his all of his sons that who are at this point young men, and and Samuel is 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 is, is looking for a, a man. He's looking for a king, someone to anoint, right? So he looks at Eliab. And he's like, surely this has got to be the one. This this young man is is he's grown, he's strong, he's I mean, my goodness, this guy has got to be the king. And God said, nope, I rejected him. He is not the king. And and so Samuel was like, wow, you know what? Why God? And God said, look, man looks on the outward, and I look on the heart. You you got to understand that I'm I'm not looking for the the person that looks like he's the king. I'm looking for a king. And so, long story short, so we can get through this lesson here. David is not even present. He didn't even make the roster, guys. He wasn't even there. David was out with his father's sheep. He was tending his father's sheep. And you know the story. Uh, One after the next, they're rejected. All of the sons are rejected, six of them. And so Samuel's like, hey, brother Jesse, what's going on, man? Do you have any other sons? Because none of these guys are fitting the bill. God don't want to anoint any of them. Do you have another one? And so the one that wasn't even there, wasn't even present, he was the one that was asked for, and so I want to lay this, uh, lay this down for you, so that you guys can see, you know, how awesome God is when when He can take someone that is that is rejected, that is despised, that that really no one really thought that they were even capable, He was even capable of of becoming anything. God was preparing him and giving him the confidence to believe him for great and mighty things. So check this out. David is called from the, the, the sheep. He's called from the field. And, and Jesse's there. Samuel's there. His brothers are there. And God says, This is the guy, this is the one, this is the man that I want to, to anoint. And David wasn't even a man yet, guys. God is looking for a man, and David wasn't even a man yet. Samuel's looking for a man, David wasn't even a man yet. And God saw David for what he would become instead of what he was at the time. And so He's anointed. He's anointed. He gets the oil poured on him and his brothers go off to war. And then Jesse's like, Hey, David, I need you to go do something for me. I need you to go feed your brothers. And so David, while he's anointed, he is still required to serve. So David gets sent to the, to the battlefield, to his brothers. He brings food. He brings provision for, excuse me, brings nourishment for them. And so David goes and he hears this, this giant, and I'm skipping through a lot of stuff because I want to get through this, right? So he's here's this giant, and everyone's hiding, everyone's afraid. Everyone is is just like unbearably just afraid. Like I cannot, I I cannot deal with this. They couldn't deal with it so much that they went and hid, guys. This is crazy. They they are fighting for the king of all kings and they're hiding. So David's like, yo, what's going on? What's up? What what they didn't realize is that David had confidence. Why did David have confidence? This is weird. This is a young man. This is a kid. Why is this guy so confident? They're like, yo, this giant is coming out every day and he's defying the people of God. He's defying us and and he is putting a reproach on Israel. Like man, we need a man to kill him. We need a man to fight him. And David's like I'll fight him. And so they're trying to figure out how in the world is this guy this kid's cocky. He's arrogant. There's something wrong with him. There is why is this guy coming here like trying to show us up, right? He hasn't trained. He has. He hasn't fought a battle yet. And his brothers are like, "Dude, you come to glow, didn't you? You're anointed. We we were, you know, we were there. We saw it. We know. We know that you're anointed. Like, why are you here to glow? And I couldn't help but think about David's upbringing. So I researched David's upbringing. Research how David was brought up. Why David was even uh, wasn't even present at the time when when uh, his brothers were uh being uh uh being talked to by the by the by the prophet and they were potentially going to get anointed he didn't even know about it till he was caught there so david's on the backside of a hill he's working in uh in the field tending his father's sheep David at a young age was was given the task to do something to take care of something that didn't even belonged to him David was was tasked with with being a good steward god god was trying to get this young man prepared a long time ago before he was even thought to be king, so David. Uh, if you read about David's life, you'll find out that David was he was rejected. The Bible talks about David in Psalm sixty-nine when David is actually writing sixty-nine and eight that I am a foreigner to my own family, a stranger to my own mother's children. David was thought to have been legit, illegitimate. He was thought to have not even been a part of of the family, so to speak. Therefore, he was he was he was put out in the field. He was he he wasn't even allowed to eat at the table with his brethren he they they didn't like him he was always always away from the family they thought that maybe if we put him out with the with where the lions and the bears are maybe maybe the wolves will get him maybe the lions will get him like we, we just want to get david out of the way we we don't really think that he's even a part of our family so david is isolated david is isolated and people ask me like brother frankie where do you get so much faith and how do people get faith and how, how, how do you get trust and faith in God? A lot of times, the only time that we can gain confidence in God and get faith and grow our faith is when we're isolated. That's exactly where God wants to get us sometimes so he can get our attention so he can speak to us so that he can put some things in us. Bible, the Bible says, and brother Nathan, uh, uh discussed it with us a moment ago that, uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can we hear if we're not in a place, in a position where we're able to be spoken to? How can we hear from God and 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 and, and get something from God when we're distracted by everything that's going on around us? Maybe, just maybe, it was God's plan to put David in a particular situation where he can get David all by himself, where he can train David and get David to a place to where he can trust God and God alone. He couldn't trust mom and daddy. He couldn't trust his brothers. He couldn't even trust his surroundings. David had to learn and train and get to a place where he was able to depend on God and God alone. So when David gets in front of this giant, David's already been to a place where he he has been isolated. God has has trained him. He is singing unto the Lord. He is writing psalms and singing psalms unto the Lord. And he is protecting his father's sheep. And he is, he, he, he is, uh, um, uh, exercising his gifts. He is learning how to trust and depend on God all by himself in isolation. You may say, Brother Frankie, I'm, I I feel alone. I feel like I don't have any, anyone to, to look at or to call to or to, or, 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 or to lean on. And God is saying, I got you right where I want you. The only way that you can face your trouble, your fear, face your trials, face your situations is in this isolation. Because when you come out of this isolation, you're going to have what it takes for me to use you. I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting excited here because I really believe that. We're coming to a place and gotten to a place where God is, is putting us in a position where we are going to have to face our world, fear, anxiety, the stresses of this world, all by ourselves. We're not going to have our youth pastor and our pastors and, 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 and our parents to to safeguard us, but we're going to have to make a decision. Choose ye this day who you will serve. David wasn't a grown man. David wasn't an elder, but David was a youth. And David made a decision that I am going to trust God. And we see here that David is confident. David has, has found a place in God where he trusts God with all of his heart. Bible says to trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he Will, not maybe, not possibly, but he will direct your paths. So we're reading here in chapter 17, uh, verse 33, uh, um, where now David has made it known that he's going to fight Goliath. He's just youth. He's a young person. just like you and I. He's just youth, and, and, and he's made it known, I'm going to fight Goliath. So it gets back to Saul, and Saul's like, praise God. We've got somebody to fight Goliath because I wasn't going to fight him. So, like, <laughs> bring the guy here. Let's let's bring him here. So David comes in, and he's like, whoa, I'm so glad that we've got somebody to fight. Goli- whoa, you're a kid. What is going on, oh, man? So what's up, dude? What's going on? And he's like, I'm going to fight this guy. And Saul's like, what? No, you're not. And this is what he said in verse 33 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. He says, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. Thou art not able. Hear that. He disqualified him from the get-go because why? He says, Because you are but a youth. You are but a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. So before David could even tell him who his God is, man, oh my gosh. Before David could even testify, Saul's already disqualified him. You see, your your, your fear. And and I, I placed I placed Saul as a as a fear figure, right? Saul is fear. Saul Saul is Saul is Saul is 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 the stresses of life. Saul is the, the doubt and the and the anxiety. Saul is 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 that that lie from the enemy. He's like, there is no way you can fight this this guy. No way, no way. And David's like, what do you mean? There's no way. What what are you talking about, David? as he is being disqualified by fear and all of the lies of the enemy, David begins to testify. You see, when you are going through all of the, the fears and stresses of life in your situations and, and all the stuff that you're going through, the best thing to do is to testify. You are overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the, the word of your testimony. It's, so easy for us to get distracted by everything that's going on around us until we remember what god has done for us david could have been distracted by the noise of the enemy by goliath he was talking he's talking big there was fear coming from the armies but what god was trying to get the the people of children of israel to understand is that look if you place your confidence in man you're going you're going to lose every time but if you put your confidence in me I'm going to take care of everything. I'm going to fulfill every need. I'm going to fulfill every promise that I have given to you. I am going to be there for you. And so David begins to testify while he is being disqualified uh, uh, by by Saul. What Saul thought he saw was a youth. David was in the spiritual realm. He was actually a giant. David had giant-like faith. David had found a place in God where he had confidence in God. David says this, thy servant kept his father's sheep. This is verse 34. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered him, delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. David starts to testify. He says, look, I know what you're saying, but this is what God did for me. I'm not telling you something that I heard. I'm telling you something that I know. If God did that for me, he can do this for me. And, and that's, that's where we are today, young people. We are in a place where we're hearing a lot of voices. We're hearing a lot of, 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 of things coming from, from this place and that place and, and this place. But I, I think as apostolics, we need to stand flat-footed and say what thus saith the Lord. God said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He will always be there for us. And when we feel like we cannot move forward, why don't we just start looking at the things that God did for us? What David accomplished in the spiritual, what he found in God by himself in isolation, it was made manifest in the physical. When David faced Goliath, David didn't face Goliath as a youth. I believe David had confidence. He went to the Goliath like a giant. that they didn't understand how this young man was was able was able, to, uh, was able to, to, to have this type of confidence. It was because he knew God. Brother Frankie, how do I get my confidence? You've got to know God. You've got to spend time with him. David spent time with God. That's why David had so much confidence in God. How are we going to get through all of this, this, this almost Ebola? That's not what we're going through right now. Coronavirus. How are we going to get through this coronavirus uh, uh, of fear and, and chaos, right? We have to know that we know that we know that we have a God that is still in control. Even when everything is out of control, God is still in control. David utilized his testimony. That how That is how he was able to testify to Israel. See, a lot of times what God, oh my goodness, what God will allow us to accomplish in isolation, he will reveal in front of the multitudes. What God did for David is God got David all by himself and God equipped him. He, he was in his word, that word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. David got the word in his heart. David began to hear from God and begin to sing unto the Lord. And David was able to even chase, chase devils because of, this, uh, of, 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 the, uh, of the songs and the worship that he, he experienced all by himself on the backside of the hill. He was able to exercise that in, in the palace, my goodness. And so now we see David exercising what he learned in isolation in front of the multitude. David had a testimony. I want to end with this story. Uh, about how powerful your testimony is. Uh there was a man who was in England and he was walking in the cool of the day, enjoying the scenery. He was excited that he got the chance to uh to get out of um confinement and get out of uh <laughs> get out of what's what is the term that we've been using for uh uh <laughs> Brother Nathan helped me out here um quarantine quarantine. Thank you. He's out of quarantine, guys. So he is enjoying the sun and he's walking and all of a sudden, lo and behold, he falls into a manhole. And so he is at this point in so much pain because he's broken his leg and his back is bleeding. And as he's coming to, he is like, oh my gosh, I need help. I've broken my leg and my back is bleeding. Can somebody help me? All of a sudden, there comes a a priest, a a minister. He comes to the manhole. He says, hey, is there anybody in there? And the guy says, yes, I'm here. I've broken my leg and my back is bleeding. I need some help. Can you help me? And the man says, yeah, I'm a minister. I I, I can help you, sir. And he pulls out a, a piece of paper from his Bible and a pen from his coat. And he begins to write a prayer. He folds it up and he puts it into the hole. And the man says, oh, Lord, help me. I have a prayer. That I just seem just can't don't seem to get answered. And I've got a broken leg and a and a you know bloody back, and I need some help. And then along comes a doctor, and the doctor hears the man hollering and, and asking and crying for help. And he says, Hey sir, I hear you. Uh, how can I help you? Is the, what can I do for you? He says, Sir, all, all I need is a ladder and, and a rope. I, I can get out of here. Can you help me? He says, Well, I'm a physician. I can help you. And the physician pulls out of his black his black bag a a note that was a prescription and he begins to write the prescription and he folds it up and he tosses it down the hole and the guy's crying even more. Oh my gosh, I have a prescription that can't get filled. And the prayer that just don't seem to be answered. I need some help. And so along comes his friend, his friend that he has known all his life. He comes and he says, Hey buddy, is that you? And he says, yeah, buddy, it's me. I, I, I need some help. I've, I've broken my leg and my, 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 my back is bleeding. Can you help me? And, the friend says, yeah, buddy, I can help you. He says, well, all I need is a ladder. All I need is a ladder and a rope and I'll be fine. And the, the guy says, yeah, don't worry about it. I got you covered, buddy. I got you covered. And he jumps down in the hole with the guy. And the man is like, what are you doing? Why, why did you do that? Why did you do that? He said, buddy, don't worry about it. I've been here before. Sometimes God allows us to go through some of the things that we go through so that he could put us in a position to jump down in the hole with somebody else. Because since we've been there, since we have a testimony, we have a way to get them out of the hole that they've fallen in. And I I, 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 I want to finish this up with just telling you this. The only way that we are going to be able to utilize our testimony in this day and age is when we get into a prayer room and we get to know God for ourselves. When we get to fight our battles for ourselves, and we can say, you know what, friend, no matter how uh, no matter how old I am, no matter if I'm 12, 13, 14, I know a God that can help you, that can save you, that can that that can that can bring you to a place where He can deliver you out of out of drugs. And alcohol. you can begin to minister to somebody because of the testimony that you have. My encouragement today is to to spend time with God and activate your faith today. Let God use you in a way where you can reach your world. God bless you guys. I am so excited to be a part of this meeting today and I hope each and every one of you are blessed. Thank you, Nathan, for allowing me to be a part of this meeting and I appreciate you all. God bless you.
0: All right, well, there you have it. That was our... Zoom Online Bible Study. That was a first for me. But guys, sometimes you just gotta do what you have to do to keep the kingdom pressing forward and that is what it's all about I encourage you to do the same if your church is not meeting because of this virus make sure you're doing something make sure you're staying in the word staying tuned in I know this was a little different today but I want—I felt like this would bless you guys as listeners maybe give you an idea of something that you could do for your students or for your local assembly one quick announcement and then I'm going to let you go Rachel and I's new album Entitled Tell the World Will be coming out on April 3rd Stay tuned for that Very excited to share this new music with you Featuring our good friend Frankie Taylor And Brittany Scott On this new EP So guys, I love you, I appreciate it Thank you for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast Be safe And we'll talk to you next week Don't be discouraged, it's gonna get better We'll see you then